0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to Liberty Church Audio for October 16th, 2020. Bring the whole family to Liberty Church's Outdoor Kids Fest, Saturday, October 24th at 4 p.m. We'll have games, activities, cotton candy, popcorn, and more for kids 12 years and younger. Learn more on Facebook by searching for Liberty Church of Cosby. We're on Highway 321 across from Carver's Apple Orchard. We invite parents to bring their lawn chairs and hang out. Liberty Church, in Cosby, for Cosby. And Jesus, walking by the Sea of Galilee, saw two brothers, Simon, called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. That's how Matthew introduces the character Simon-Peter to us. Here at Liberty, we're beginning a series on First Peter, a letter from this man the lead apostle of the Twelve, and I wanted to think about him for a few moments in this podcast, because as we listen to his letter, we're actually listening to one of our pastors speak to us down through the ages. But who was Peter? Well, Peter was a man of great character, he was a man of great faith, and yet he was also a man of many failures and contradictions, and if you can relate to failure, contradiction mixed in with a heart of love for Christ in your own life, then you can let Peter's life Be an encouragement to you. Zonervan has a work called All Men of the Bible, and it says about Peter that, of course, his name means rock or stone. It says that he first met Christ at Bethany beyond Jordan, where John the Baptist exercised his ministry. Both Peter and Andrew were disciples of the Baptist, and it was Andrew who introduced Peter to Christ, and then he walked with him from the beginning. He became the leader and spokesman of the Apostolic Twelve, and he was one of the three people. Privilege to witness the raising of Jairus' daughter, and seeing Christ transfigured on the mountain, and then also being with the Lord, close to the Lord, in the Garden of Gethsemane. As you look through the four Gospels, you'll see that Peter is a man of great faith. During the storm when Christ was walking on the water, it was Peter who got out of the boat at Christ's word and walked, actually walked on the water to the Lord. And yet he could be confused about what God was doing. On the Mount of Transfiguration, when Christ was showing his glory more directly to the disciples, to the inner circle of the disciples, Moses and Elijah appeared with Christ, and Peter said, Lord, it is good that we are here. If you wish, I will make three tents here for you, one for you and one for Moses and one for Elijah. He was still speaking when, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them, and a voice from the cloud said, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. So Peter was wanting to make a tent and camp out with all three, Jesus, Moses, and Elijah. But God, the Father's voice said, no, I want you to focus on the Son because I'm elevating him. And of course, he is greater than Moses and greater than Elijah, greater than the law, greater than the prophets. So Peter didn't quite get what God the Father was doing, even though he could express great faith. Later, when Jesus was saying difficult things and many of the disciples were leaving him, Jesus turned to the twelve and said, will you also go away? But it was Peter who said, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life, and we have believed and have come to know that you are the Holy One of God. So maybe like us, he can be a man of faith and confusion. He can have his ups and his downs, and he could be rebuked. At the oddest moments, he could find himself in the wrong corner of things. In Matthew 16, he confesses that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God, and yet a few verses later, Jesus rebukes him and says to get behind him because he's not listening to the voice of the Father, because Peter was not happy that Jesus said he was going to go to Jerusalem and be crucified, so Jesus rebuked him. Even after the resurrection of Christ and the, trans- and the and the ascension of Christ, when he healed people like the lame man, he said, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of, Na- of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And Peter reaches down, grabs the man, lifts him up on his feet, and the man, man walks. A while later, Paul, the apostle Paul, who is a latecomer, has to rebuke Peter in front of everybody. You can read about it in Galatians 2. Paul says, Now when Peter had come to Antioch, I withstood him to his face because he was to be blamed. Because Peter was living in contradiction. He was worried about what people would think. He was living in contradiction of the gospel. He was giving off the wrong impression of the gospel. Paul says, For before certain men came from James, he would eat with the Gentiles. But when they came, he withdrew and separated himself, fearing those who were of the circumcision, fearing those Jewish Christians coming up from Jerusalem. He was worried about his reputation. And so Paul stood up in front of everybody and rebuked him. And then at the end of Peter's life, Peter refers to Paul as his beloved brother. So you've really got to love this guy. You've got to be able to relate to him with his ups and his downs, his faith, and his fear. So when Peter met Christ, and he had been fishing all night, and Jesus stood on the shore, and he said to Simon, Launch out into the deep, and let down your nets for a catch. But Simon answered and said to him, Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net." And when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish, for their net was breaking. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both the boats so that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. And if you think about that, I think it's Peter's reaction is that he had a brush with the holy. He had a brush with the glory of God, even in the miracle of the fish being brought into their nets. And he said, I can't be in the presence of such greatness. And so he prayed, leave me. I'm a sinful man. But Jesus said, don't be afraid. So Peter had to have been afraid of what he saw in this person of Christ. That's why Jesus said, don't be afraid. From now on, you will catch men. So when they had brought their boats to land, they forsook all and followed him. Peter immediately saw in Christ somebody that he had to follow. And that's how he met him, right there on the Sea of Galilee. Later in Matthew 16, they were coming into the region of Caesarea Philippi, and Jesus asked the 12, who do men say that I am? And they had been listening to the crowd, so they said, well, some say you're John the Baptist, some say you're Elijah. And others say that you're Jeremiah, or one of the other prophets. And Jesus said, But who do you say that I am? Here is Simon Peter's great confession. He said, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. Jesus said, you are Peter, that's meaning a smaller stone, but on this rock and on this rock, this greater stone, I will build my church. What is the great stone on which the church is built? I don't believe that it's primarily Peter himself, but rather the confession that he made that Jesus is the Christ, the son of the living God. Nevertheless, Peter is part of the foundational growth of the church in the world. Paul said that in Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 20, Speaking of the church as the household of God, in that household, the church itself, has been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets. So these men, the apostles and the prophets, are the foundation of the church. And of course, if you look at the symbolism of the church in the book of the Revelation, the city of God coming down, that city has a foundation, and in that foundation are the names of the twelve apostles. So Peter's important. And if a church is going to have strength... And, to, and be solid in, in its building, then it has to be built on the foundation of the apostles and their authority with Christ being the chief cornerstone. But there were times when he failed Christ. A few verses after Peter's great declaration about Christ, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and chief priests and scribes, and be killed, and be raised the third day. Then Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him, saying, Far be it from you, Lord, this shall not happen to you. So Peter took Jesus aside and said, Jesus, you've got a bad plan. It's a bad plan, and I'm not going to let it happen to you. And Jesus told Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are an offense to me, for you are not mindful of the things of God, but of the things of men. So in one moment, Peter can hear the voice of God himself teaching the truth about who Christ was, and then the next moment he can be listening to the voice of the enemy, trying to get in the way of Christ's plan. That's just the reality of the Christian life. We definitely have our ups and downs, and yet Peter was a man of great faith underneath it all. After the resurrection, he became one of the boldest proclaimers of Christ. In Acts chapter 2, when the Spirit of God comes down and indwells the church, he says to the nation, men of Israel, Hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested by God to you, by miracles, wonders, and signs which God did through him in your midst, as you yourself know, him being delivered by the determined purpose and the foreknowledge of God, you have taken by lawless hands and crucified and put to death, whom God raised up. After the resurrection, he understands the crucifixion, the burial, and the resurrection of Christ was a part of God's plan. Because he says it was part of his determined purpose and foreknowledge of God. Some people ask the question, well, who's responsible for the death of Christ? Who killed Christ? Well, Peter says it was a plan of God. It was done by God. And yet, through the sinfulness of man, it was accomplished. And that's a great mystery and has always been through the church. And later in Acts chapter 4, the church realizes that Pontius Pilate was responsible for the death of Christ, Herod, the Gentiles in general, the Jews in general, and then God himself was responsible for the death of Christ. And as Christians, of course, we know personally that we are also responsible for that. So the answer to who killed Jesus is Pontius Pilate, Herod, the Gentiles, the Jews, God the Father, and I killed Christ. Mm -hmm. So what? When we look at Peter's life, what should we understand? If God loves and uses people like Peter, he can love and use a person like you and like me. Peter loved Christ. He wanted to love Christ even in his failures. He was quick to have a heart that repented of his sins. And he was able to love and encourage the church by writing as a pastor, knowing the frailties that we all have. So we look forward to the letter of 1 Peter, and we invite you to come and join us. Liberty Church Audio is a production of Liberty Church of Cosby and is now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio. Subscribe to the audio there as well as at TuneIn plus Alexa. And you can find out more at LibertyPastor.com or at our Facebook page at Liberty Church of Cosby.